0: People are strange, when you're a stranger, or when they're performing shirtless saxophone solos on the boardwalk to a group of bloodthirsty teenage vampires. Welcome to Santa Clara, the murder capital of the world. Two young boys and their mother are leaving the desert of Phoenix, Arizona, to the coast of California for some peace of mind. But they will find anything but some peace of mind. Something lurks within the shadows, preying on victims at night, and leaving a trail of blood in their wake. The only thing to solve these murders are the three young boys and their fascination with horror comics. This is It Records. Welcome all you creatures of the night. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the It Records podcast. Uh, I'm Matt Johnson, uh, one of your co-hosts, and our other co-hosts are here as well, hanging out, having some fun, ready to talk horror movies with us. Uh... Yeah, P- Peter and Lindsay. Peter and Lindsay are here, guys.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you for acknowledging our existence. <laughs> I
0: said the other co-hosts are here. Awesome. That was that's you guys. I do usually give a gracious you know, compliments to one or the other, but not this time. Kept...
1: No, you're you're getting cocky with your with your opening monologues. You think you're the star mm-hmm. and then you're like, Oh, here's here are these <laughs> other people that that don't do as much as me.
0: Oh, you guys are here too? I, I just like forget. It's I just cool. I, I have blinders on. I understand. Yeah.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, well, I'm working on it. I'll try my best. But I am a vain person. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to the podcast here.
2: Uh, <laughs> you probably think this podcast so is about you.
0: I probably think this podcast this song is about is me. It's not
1: even about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I said, but
0: we were That's
2: close.
0: Good. Before we tell you what movie we talked about this week, Pete, I'm gonna throw it over to you. Uh, do you have a creepy headline for us this week? I just wanted it. To... <laughs> no, no, I didn't get
1: one. I didn't get one from you because you didn't do my homework for me. That's fair. Like, That's... no, actually, I gotta say, I was gonna say like the you did for classes that we had together, but we actually didn't have any classes together at all. I'm realizing that.
0: No, we didn't. We just did uh, the the together and hung out. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, we, we I probably copied off Lindsay. It, she, we've had like four I or five classes
1: that. together. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of copy, a lot of
0: copying back and forth. <laughs> yeah, it works mutual, well. mutual agreement. Hopefully, <laughs> I think
2: it it works well.
0: This week on the podcast, if you couldn't pick up from the opening crawl, was the 1987 vampire flick. The Lost Boys, directed by Joel Schumacher. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret.
1: Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet?
0: No, it's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian... Or a vampire.
1: So where are
0: you? The fine nun? I'm your brother, Sammy. Help me! Stay back! Stay back! What's happening to me, Star? Get yourself a good, sharp steak. When drive right through. You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a damn blood-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till Mom finds out, buddy.
2: When a vampire buys it, it's never a pretty sight. Michael, hey! Oh shit! Ah!
1: No bat nipples in this movie. No.
0: No bat nipples, thankfully. That's the first thing I...
1: Depending if that's your cup of tea. I don't know. He could be into that.
0: I mean, some people had to have liked that. I mean, they had to... It's Batman, so they must have enjoyed it. Uh, are you familiar... He had his own credit card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that That one's Batman and Robin, correct? Bat nipples and the American Express card. It's American Express, right?
1: Yeah. Think, oh, man. I think it's Batman. Yeah, because Batman Forever, I think, is the one with Val Kilmer. Wait, no. Batman Forever Val...
0: is Val Kilmer. Yeah.
1: hmm Yes.
0: Oh. Uh, Lindsay, are you familiar with these these movies? Not at all. Batman <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, Joel Schumacher, who directed this film for us, did uh, the 19... Oh, I don't even remember what year it was. It was... the Batman Forever it was, was... It was 90s. It's the 90s, yeah, with yeah jim carrey was the riddler uh and there's two-face was tommy lee jones and he also did the one with george clooney oh george Schumacher did both that of makes a
2: lot more sense now
0: right <laughs> i saw the influences when i watched the lost boys i was like oh i, I get that whole scene in batman and robin with all the fire uh barrels with fire in them and the motorcycle races i get his influence yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I think most people... I gave a synopsis kind of in the beginning, but if you don't even know what The Lost Boys is and you're listening to this podcast, it essentially is two, two brothers. They go to a town in California known as Santa Clara with their mother to go live with their grandfather. And Santa Clara is the murder, murder capital of the world. And soon enough, they, uh, they <laughs> find themselves <laughs> with a gang of vampires real quick. There's a bunch of murders going on in the town. And looks like some lost children. I got that from all the, the milk cartons and from the bulletin boards. But they run into the vampires, and that's our that's our movie.
1: And one of them is Kiefer Sutherland.
0: That is true. David, the one of the main vampires, is this one of his
1: first films? I, I was, think. I thought, I thought David was not, not the, vamp, was not the yeah, head vampire yeah but we think he's the head vampire that was, that, was the, that was the big brother
0: correct yes he wasn't the head vampire but yeah. we're led to believe that throughout um, most of the I film I think
2: mm-hmm. as far as Keith oh, gotcha. I think he was like right hot off stand by me when he started uh, when he accepted this role which I mean he's not quite as sinister in uh, stand by me but the characters are very similar in terms of uh, personality and you know abrasiveness and like being like you know the villain so uh i think it's uh pretty clear he carries that kind of role very well as we see in that movie and then in the Lost voice so yeah i think he was just starting out though i want to say
0: yeah that's right i forgot about stand by me i forgot he's in that is he a brother in that one to one of the characters no he's he's the bully he's the bully he's the bully that
1: has the knife
0: (laughs) okay yeah yeah okay. that makes sense.
1: He pretty much threatened to kill one of them actually, yeah. he did he did he literally threatened to kill one of the kids,
0: yeah, I feel like that movie's a lot more adult than like I feel like it's advertised as or when people look at that movie, yeah, yeah. he's a very adult film, with yeah. just kids yeah. in yeah
2: <laughs> that is like my all time favorite movie I will say, oh really mm-hmm.
1: same it life. is
0: really good, yeah, yeah,
1: it is a really good movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and also from that movie, in this film, is Corey Feldman. Um,
2: yes, how could we forget? I love the fact that this is like the first of, I think, about seven movies that the two Corries from the 80s do together, and it's one of their best ones, I think, but we can talk more about that later.
1: I don't know, License to Drive is pretty <gasps> good. <laughs> license to Drive is so close to my heart.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: There were a few moments in this movie that I thought of listening to Drive*, but uh, <laughs> we got some car, you know, yeah. action scenes here. But.
0: yeah, that's crazy to think this was yeah the first one of the the what the two quarries I guess is what mm-hmm. they were yeah. referred to as.
2: We also it, have uh Bill from *Bill and Ted's on Adventure* and the *Vampire the Gang.
0: That's right. That's right. Marco is Marco. Oh. That,
2: Okay, I didn't know his name. I just
0: called him Bill. Um, yeah, I think people would, will recognize Bill better than Marco, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Man. guy with with the great hair, you mean?
1: With the best hair.
0: Well, that beautiful mullet. Well, they all had beautiful hair. All, everybody <laughs> in this movie had beautiful 80s hair. I think
1: his blonde, luscious mullet <laughs> with his crazy outfit... It stood
2: out, you know, more than
1: some of the others. ...is something... To stride for in life.
0: <laughs> yeah. They all really had... Maybe it was the 80s. I didn't grow up in the 80s. But it seemed like this whole Santa Clara town dressed kind of extravagantly. Just It, was, it seemed like they were all outsiders in this town. It was... <laughs> to a normal society. Everyone was in
1: the punk scene or some shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was, like, into the punk and, like, Billy Idol. Like, Kiefer Sutherland's character definitely looked like Billy yeah. Idol. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: That's
1: a very fair comparison. There was like no preppy like pe- like no none no of those classic preppy people of the '80s in this movie. At least not that I remember.
0: No, I don't think so. And I was kind of maybe looking for that as like the first vampire victims, but you
2: would think. Yeah,
0: but it wasn't, and there was like a rival. I felt like it was gonna be like a rival vampire gang. That they were killing off. Do you guys know that those people I'm talking about, like, they seemed like they were also in a similar uh, dress as our vampire Lost Boys, um, and they got in the fight at the merry-go-round at the beginning. Oh,
2: okay.
0: Like that—that kind of never grew into anything. But I thought that was going to be like a rival vampire game. <laughs> That'd yeah, be sure. cool. I yeah.
1: would. I would be into seeing something about that. Mm-hmm. Terrible sequels that came out of these movies.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I heard.
0: <laughs> Have not seen them. It, the sequels, I believe, were, there's two, I don't know if they're official sequels, but there's two that were went straight to DVD, were produced by yeah. Corey Feldman.
2: Which tells you pretty much everything you need to know if it's <laughs> uh, direct, you know, to video and Corey Feldman, so.
1: Mm. It, he's a good guy, great
0: actor, not a producer.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it came out, I think, 20 years or so, roughly 20 years after the original Lost Boys. So it was like, um, it was Uh, pushing the 2000s, if not like 2006 or 7, by the time the second Lost Boys came out.
1: With like, Windows 3D Movie Maker graphics.
0: Yeah. It was much gorier. And Keith or Sutherland's brother played Oh, that's right. (laughs)
1: Like his actual brother?
0: Yeah, Angus Sutherland, I believe it was. He's one of the vampires. (laughs) What? I'm not joking, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, how I feel like, I know I'm jumping around a lot, but I, I'm trying to keep it on. But it seems like everything in this movie, like, really leads up to like a great finale, and like everything else is like not really any plot. it's just like crazy things that are '80s, and they're like, "Oh, that's so <laughs> cool!" Like that movie is a lot of that. <laughs> Like I don't get me wrong. I like this movie. I think it's great, but just like no plot,
0: 80s music.
1: Here's some cool things to look at and here's a cool finale. Okay.
0: I
2: see where you're
0: going. Yeah, I agree with that where the third act like the uh, the, far, the the real big climax where there's it's the vampires versus non-vampires. Very very action action packed. But before that, yeah, it does seem like the plot isn't really it's not really fully developed, except that we need to make one of the brothers interact with the vampires, become a vampire, and somehow get to this finale.
2: Right. So but, we got... Go on. Sorry.
0: Oh, no. That was essentially it. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. So that leads to the older brother. There's two brothers, Sam, Corey Haim, and then Michael, Jason Patrick. Uh, he falls in with the wrong crowd, you know, because it all starts with like him seeing... Jamie Gertz, or her character's name is Star from Afar, and that's kind of what like lures him into this wrong crowd. And uh, apparently, you know, but we don't know this at the time. But you know, uh, vampires seem to be a rampant problem in this town, and that, that leads Sam to uh, leading leads Sam to finding the the Frog Brothers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <I
2: can't> story. <laughs> their names are Edgar and Alan. Um. They seem to have all the vampire knowledge in this town, so... They bond over their affinity for comic books, which, you know, leads to greater things, but... Yeah, I would agree uh, with the statement that, you know, this all... It's kind of a slower build to, like, this great, you know, like, fantastic finale, which I think they delivered very well on. You know, I think it lives up to all of that build-up, but... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think they... Before I make this point, uh, you mentioned that uh, Jason Patrick, is that the actor's name correct? To yeah. Michael? All right. He gets lured by Star because he sees her in the crowd. Um, could you explain where he's at that he sees her? Because that scene blew my mind. It was one of the best scenes in the movie.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Am I remembering this wrong? Are they at the boardwalk and, like, a concert is happening, or... That's
0: co- that's correct. And what artist would you say is playing during said concert? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a shirtless man with a saxophone, which is rocking out at this boardwalk, and everybody is loving it. Like everybody's drinking, everybody's dancing, and it's just one guy up there with his saxophone with suspenders on, correct? In a ponytail. It it was very 80s for me, and I, I loved it. I loved that scene so much.
1: <laughs> if there isn't a saxophone solo, then it just might as well not be an 80s movie. That's
0: true, that's fair.
2: <laughs> that is so true. Oh.
1: I wonder how that even like became a thing. They're like, you know what 80s music needs? More saxophone <laughs>
0: solos. We get more sax in here? Yeah, we need some sax on this track.
1: <laughs> get that, uh... I'm even forgetting the most famous one of those guys.
0: From what, this movie?
1: The, the, the famous
0: saxophone player. Uh, You're
2: probably thinking of Rob Lowe and St. Elmo's mm-hmm. Fire.
0: Also directed by Joel Schumacher.
2: Also directed by Joel Schumacher. <laughs>
1: No, I'm not. I don't know what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Are you
0: thinking of, <laughs> of former President Bill Clinton? <laughs> he was known not for saxophonists. I don't remember his name. He that's was. a strong contender. Are you thinking of Bruce Springsteen's uh, saxophonist? No. Are you thinking of Kenny G, the famous clarinetist?
1: Guess, yes. Is he clarinetist? He could
0: be the saxophone. I thought he played a <laughs> clarinet.
1: I'm going to look that up. I'm oh, I he think did. he is
0: saxophone. I'm picturing Fred Armisen making fun of him on SNL.
1: I, he's a okay. saxophonist. Is confirmed. Yeah, the I curls. just looked it up. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some great curls. Okay.
0: Well, since we're speaking about music, what did you guys think? This soundtrack, I feel like, is fairly iconic from this movie.
2: Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh one of the first opening songs with uh you know people are strange i thought it was very fitting for you know what's going on that's probably what stood out the most to me i don't really remember anything else
0: but yeah yeah that's i like that i love that too because i'm a i'm a big doors fan and that's an original doors song but it was covered for this movie someone covered it okay I've, yeah yeah happy I, you? I'll say it on on record, yeah. I love The Doors and Jim Morrison. Good music. Uh, No, there was some trivia about that where... We we see the, the vampire's cave. There's the Jim Morrison poster in there as well. He's hanging up in their cave, Jim Morrison. And Michael looks like Jim Morrison. He's got those leather jackets on. He puts those shades on. He's got the same hairdo. And I was... Really trying yeah. to pick up on the symbolism of why there was so much Jim Morrison in this movie. So many hints to Jim yeah, Morrison. I
2: think that was all intentional.
1: Maybe they wanted him to be in this movie.
0: Well, the only connection I can make... Well, he died at, like, 27.
1: I know. Yeah, I know. It's impossible, right. but... So... Maybe, he, like, Joe Schumacher's like, man, I wish he was still alive. Yeah, he'd be
0: perfect <laughs> for this movie. We'll get Jason Patrick to look like him.
2: Yeah.
0: It, it, it could have been all, all I'm thinking is he, he died young and was immortalized really in that 27 year old self is the idea of the Lost Boys all these teenagers are roughly like I feel like maybe teenagers or early 20s were supposed to take and are stuck in that age forever kind of like the Lost Boys in Peter Pan hint hint it's kind of a metaphor right, or from right. the Lost yeah. Boys <laughs> from that movie or book So maybe that was the connection is all I could really draw. On the soundtrack as a whole, I unironically listened to Cry Little Sister like three times today. Thank you for being
1: Isn't this Joel Schumacher's first movie too? Sorry to sidetrack here.
0: He did, I believe St. Elmo's Fire is before this. Yeah, that was
2: a couple years before, I think.
0: It is one of his first movies though. He, he was, like,
2: relatively new to the scene, I want to say.
0: He was mainly known before this as, like, a music video director, is what he did, which I read a lot of the musicians who did tracks for the, the soundtrack, and there's fairly famous people on there, especially at the time. He agreed to make music videos for them after, <laughs> the, after the movie, so if they made a song for the movie he would then direct the music video for them. And he did.
2: That's a pretty sweet deal.
0: Yeah.
1: He did... three movies before The Lost Boys. The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Okay. DC Cab. Great film. And St. Elmo's Fire.
0: Yeah. Rob in St. Elmo's Fire is a poster in this movie. Yes. <laughs> That. yeah
2: have
1: you seen DC cab
0: no I was just I was just razzing I've never I actually never heard of it
1: <laughs> yeah well you want to know who's in it sure that's great mr. T mr. T he's on the cover and he's not even like the top build guy they got Adam Baldwin not the best baldwin but they got one of them
0: which is of course Steven
1: they got <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey's in this movie. So they got a cast, that's for sure.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting.
1: Anyways. Off topic again.
0: Oh, no, that's fine. This movie's just so dense with, like, it's been out for 30 years, and trying to pinpoint every little piece of of this movie and make sure we talk about the main points.
1: I think it's, like, it It might be one of my favorite, like, vampire movie. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember talking about this, like, very early on with, when we did, uh, Fright Night. Fright Night's another good one. Our, our very first episode, we talked about other, I think we talked about other vampire movies, I'm pretty sure. And... Lost Boys was like one of my earliest ones I watched because it was like, uh, it was like, I watched it when Twilight was out and I obviously didn't like Twilight as I was into actual horror movies. (laughs) Um, but if you like it, that's fine. I don't really care anymore. I'm an adult. (laughs) I could grow past that, but I just like thought this movie was actually cool because it like, had gore and, like, I don't know, and cool music. Yeah. And it was, like, angsty. All, yeah. the, all the right formula for someone who's 18. That's <laughs>
2: what I was thinking. Um, yeah, when I was kind of doing my research on the movie, there was, I think he was a critic, I don't remember his name, but he kind of just wrote about, you know, the influence that this movie had and kind of you know the shift in how vampires were seen in the media you know and um i mean this was like toward the late 80s so you know you start seeing them get more prevalent with uh, buffy the vampire slayer coming out around the next decade and there was interview with a vampire as well and i mean now you know these days we've got the twilight we've got the vampire diaries and stuff like that but um yeah so i think it was around this time that vampires kind of like it was cool you know and like people wanted to start seeing more of that
1: i think this even brings up like another old conversation we had back to the friday night episode um where how like vampires were really stale at that time and like friday night was a later 80s movie right
0: uh, I believe, and uh, I'll check real quick. No, Fright Night was 85 and <laughs> Lost Boys was 87. I love Fright oh, Night.
1: Oh, so, so it was before? It was even before this one, okay. Yeah, less than two I, years. I actually, it's really funny that you say those, because those were the years I had in my head and I had them flipped for the
0: movies. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: yeah, I thought Lost Boys was 83. I thought that was first, and I thought Fright Night was 87 and it was afterwards. That's really weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And along those same lines, I mean, they came out kind of similar similar time frames. I mean, less than a year apart. Uh, the word I'm looking for here. I think Lost Boys did it better, but Fright Night started this trend, is the idea of the vampire, they look like a normal person most of the time. And then when they're going to feed or something, they look like a monster. Like, their face totally contorts. And Fright Night does that quite a bit almost exaggerating, exaggeratingly so with the makeup and Lost Boys does that as well where you only really see like their teeth and like their pupils change when they're feeding and otherwise they look like a normal person all the time which these two movies and actually Josh Whedon who did Buffy the vampire, credits this movie Lost Boys as the reason he chose to make the vampires appear the way they did in the show the way that they look like normal teenagers most of the time, and then he makes them look like crazy monsters.
1: Yeah, it is very, like, Lost Boys. I can definitely see that. For sure. Who, who did you say is your favorite character in the movie? You just, you just like... I feel like... Uh, is the main character David? Like, the main brother?
0: That's Michael. Wait, Michael,
1: that's... I don't know why I said David. You don't
0: remember his name's Michael? It's It said...
2: <laughs> David It said
0: 118 times in the film. It's true; they do they do <laughs> yeah, say a lot. Too. There's 98 minutes to I, this film, point is... and 118 Michael's. More, more than one Michael a minute. That's <laughs> true.
1: What I'm saying is, is that he's very forgettable. No matter how many times you say his name, like <laughs> I, I find his character like just really like lame. I don't know. He's just like I'm gonna sleep all day and party all night. The Frog Brothers? <laughs> Is that yours? <laughs> the, froggy, the Froggy Boy?
2: <laughs> Edgar Probably. and Allen. I can't get over that. But it makes sense. This... It's a nice nod to the you know, Edgar Allen Poe wrote a lot of mm-hmm. horror so that was obviously intentional. Yeah. But probably say Edgar is my favorite. I love Corey Feldman. I think Corey Feldman takes himself a way too seriously in this movie, but I enjoy watching that, so it's gotta be him
0: for me. Yeah, well, he was told what that he was supposed to watch a bunch of Chuck Norris and Sylvester Stallone movies. You guys read that? And mm, yeah. <laughs> to like try to be like, Yeah, home. and that's the character he was supposed to play. <laughs> yeah, okay, but I don't really see it fitting fitting in this movie. What that's why a, That's why he's wearing yeah. the bandana like Rambo. Mm.
2: It all you makes know. sense now. That's that's
1: crazy. I
0: agree with Lindsay though that I think Corey Feldman was great Ed- he's Edgar, right? Edgar Frog? Okay. Yeah. I think he like totally dwarfs the other Frog brother in his performance. But my favorite my favorite character that's is true. David. Kiefer Sutherland.
2: He is, like, straight up terrifying, like, when he's in full form. He is in full form, right? He's not one of the... I guess that's something important to say, is that uh, when they, uh, you know, for Michael in this instance, um, and Star has this uh, situation as well, they're all half vampire until they make their first kill. So, uh, that being said, uh, yeah, I believe David is fully fledged. Correct. Anyway, David is straight up terrifying in those moments where uh, you see him in full form, and uh, oof, I think he nails it. I think he nails it. The he has the least to say in the movie out of anybody, but he stands out the most. Yeah, in the best way possible. He's brooding. He's He's brooding. brooding.
0: brooding. That's why (laughs) he is like yeah, brooding and a very commanding presence. I think like even when he doesn't say anything when they're down in their little lair or whatever it is and Michael's there for the first time it's just the way he like eyes Michael and like just says simple lines where it just seems terrifying and even though it's just like here would you like some rice it just seems like he's lying to him <laughs> I don't know why and I think he's meant to and he portrays that very well and who spoilers who Who didn't get a little sad when David was was antlered staked by the antlers come on Cry Little Sister comes on. I mean Thou Shall Not Cry.
2: <laughs> I mean that wasn't <laughs> sad. Definitely
0: wasn't sad.
2: Yeah. I mean
1: Kiefer Sutherland definitely knows he's like the best actor in the movie. And I think that's what it is. He just he's like, I'm gonna be on this movie on the T I'm gonna be on a TV show on this one big network one day, I'm gonna kick fucking ass. But right now I'm gonna kick fucking ass as this yeah. vampire. Yeah
0: rest in peace Dave Dave first name basis of Dave
1: <laughs> yeah you're really upset about this loss of character when he was a bad guy he was trying to kill kids was he trying was he
0: killing kids well he was killing people that's no lie he was killing people but he was just a lost boy
1: he seems like a man at this point I don't know. <laughs>
0: He's been around a while.
1: Yeah, he's been around the block. Well,
0: about an inter- interesting point about that. I don't know if you guys read into like Joel Schumacher's sequel that he wanted to do called Lost Girls.
1: No, The
2: yeah. Lost Girls. Yes,
0: I would watch it. He had it where he that his ending was not where the grandpa comes in and hits Max, the actual head vampire, and he dies. His ending was. We never see David explode like the rest of the vampires when they die. Like, they implode or catch on fire or something. Well, that's what they all do, or, like, explode with these weird green guts. He yeah. doesn't. It. Yeah, it's weird. And it's because they said Schumacher had the ending where it missed his heart, so he wasn't actually staked. And they at the end of the movie it was them back down in the lair and kind of plotting the revenge to, you know, revenge their... Avenge their father's death, Max. And the next one's gonna be Lost Girls with a bunch of girl vampires with with David.
2: Yes. Okay. But that never happened, correct? correct.
0: Yeah. No. Oh.
1: Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Only Cory Feldman's versions came out.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Joel Schumacher's not doing anything right now, right? Let's let's just let him do it. I don't think he is.
0: I don't know, I don't keep up with I don't keep up with He's really show.
1: not. He's really not doing anything.
0: And the <laughs> last news I heard from him was he apologized for making Batman Forever. That's the last I heard from Joel wow. Schumacher. <laughs> I mean... Well, that's end of that, bad,
2: though.
0: I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I made
1: that I movie. I mean,
2: <laughs>
1: I... I, as an eight-year-old, loved it.
0: Me too. I had the Sega game.
1: can't believe you did. <laughs> I
0: played shit out of that game. He
1: hasn't done anything since 2013. It's not two, five years. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's over, so guys. It's he,
1: over. He's got time. Yeah.
2: He's got some time.
1: He did Phone Booth? Did not know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I like that movie. Didn't
2: he also do the remake of House of Wax? Like, that, was, that, back in 2005. that was not him. It wasn't? But who am I thinking of?
1: Paris Hilton? <laughs> Who's in it? John <laughs> Michael
0: Murray? Is that...
2: <laughs> Dang, I'm way off. Yeah, I'm thinking of all of them. Who did? Well, that's a shame. He should have done that.
1: Uh, some... I have no idea. Is that dude... F- he's Spanish, okay. I cannot pronounce his name.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I you know just look him up. He directed a uh, House of Wax that came out in 2005. I'm not even going to try and say his name cuz I don't want to offend him just in case he's listening. You, you never know.
0: Yeah, you never know. He could be listening. He's a horror fan.
1: He did The Shallows, which is that's pretty oh,
0: cool. Yeah. I wanted to see that. I've seen it. Should I see it? It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I would recommend it if you got it on Netflix or something It's the Blake Lively one, right? with the shark yeah. yeah, it's pretty good Uh So
2: Guys, can we talk about Max?
0: Yes, I had to think who Max was for a second <laughs> I thought of the dog from the Grinch
2: <laughs> So
1: Max Headroom? Yeah, let's talk about him Way before my time Don't so... even know why I knew his name
0: I just remember...
2: Guess Max is as forgettable as Michael.
0: (laughs) All these characters, I guess, are forgettable.
2: It's
0: (laughs) kind of true. (laughs) Um,
1: It is... It's just like... It's just like... I feel like it's a really entertaining movie. That, like... Nothing else really matters.
2: It's one of those movies where you don't know, like, 90% of the characters' names until you're more than halfway through the movie. Definitely, especially
0: with the vampires. It's the way like, it should be. Yeah, or
2: like, <laughs> even after you've finished it, I guess, <laughs> it seems to be the case for us here. But, um, so the mom meets somebody nice, you know, they're, they're in their first couple of nights in a town. She meets a guy um, named Max. who runs, what kind of store does he run again? I got
0: like... Is it a bookstore? I thought it was like a movie store, like audiovisual okay. equipment. I saw a bunch of TVs. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway.
1: Okay. I don't know. I just remember him. He's okay. a real nerd, so I just saw a bookstore. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think I was thinking along those lines. Um, but, you know, and then, you know, he starts come, trying to come over for dinner and whatnot, and Sam is kind of, you know, resistant. Um, but it's not for the reasons that, you know... You might think, you know, he's not trying to, you know, take over his dad, like, his father's role or anything. But Sam actually thinks that Max is a vampire. Mm -hmm. That's the whole problem here. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, they think
0: Sam, which is the younger brother, Corey Haim, and... He thinks he's a vampire, or he even thinks he's the head vampire. And... So they invite him over for dinner to test him. The Frog Brothers and, and Corey to see if he's the vampire. And they tried a bunch of tests and it didn't work.
2: He which were all
0: of them. garlic, holy water, and uh, the reflection, right? A mirror? Yeah. Which we, we know from later in the film, those actually do affect vampires in this movie uh, gar- Garlic and, and Holy Water but they didn't affect him but Spoilers he is a head vampire I <laughs> guess we, we did say that but is, and is it because they said he was invited into the house?
2: Yeah that kind of helped uh, bring, bring their guard down as far as Max was concerned and kind of gave him I kind of saw it as,
1: like, him being, like, Dracula, where he's, like, more powerful. It takes more, like, like Van Helsing, that terrible movie with Hugh Jackman, where, like, you know, he got staked, and then, like, Dracula in that movie is, like, it's going to take a lot more than that. I kind of saw it as that situation, where, like, you gotta try a lot harder to kill the head vampire, because he's the head, he's the head honcho. Mm -hmm. He's the big dog. Yeah. He's top dollar.
2: That makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, guys, I was bummed out. Like, I it's been a few years since yeah. I've seen this movie, so I forgot, like, about that. And I was, like, thinking he was a good guy the whole time, because I'm naive. But, uh, yeah, it was, like, sad I, I wanted the mom to have something, <laughs> you know? And then it just turns out that he was the head vampire, actually. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. yeah. She just couldn't have anything.
2: <laughs> she was so nice too. She was very patient with like everything going on. Like one of her sons was turned into half a vampire. Like, and she was just like, you know. I like head. how he like
1: wears like shades, and he's like fine in the daytime. Like he's like he's yeah. hungover. Yeah. Well, he's half vamp. He doesn't
0: <laughs> get burnt yet by the sun, like David does. He gets. It. That's true.
1: I just got like. Like, like he's like he's just been partying all day he's like yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> always looks so hungover and tired well, that was one of the, the things I was gonna say when you were talking about Lucy which is the mother in this movie and and max they have the love interest and they don't work out because he's a head vampire <laughs> he becomes a head vampire <laughs> is the reason why <laughs> but it, it they almost could have because Max offers it to her. He goes, These are my these are my boys and I want you to be part of this family. So he's gonna like make her a vampire. He extends that but she doesn't want it. I was doing some reading and like one of the themes they said that resonated with people in this movie is the idea of like the family during this time. Like the idea of the nuclear family was meant to be they saw it as shattering during the eighties and divorce and everything, and that was like bad. Yeah. And this movie kind of like embraces that that culture where the mother is divorced from michael's and sam's father and the I, they're seen as the good people and the bad people are actually these this family of the lost boys and max who like wanna you could come with us the mother and the father and we'll all work together but they're seen as like the evil people and the family that actually is
1: the evil stepfather
0: yeah it kind of flips around his head and kind of just embraces that you know it's fine that you don't you don't have to marry a vampire to to bring this family together. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> oh, and tidbit: really... Lucy's name is after from the book Dracula. It's the main character's wife's name. I always I forget his that. name. It's like Setter John Setter. Cool. Oh, don't don't hate me, Dracula fans. I think that's the main character, and his wife. His name is Lucy, who Dracula hypnotizes for her.
1: It makes you feel better. I remember Keanu Reeves' character's name being John in the 1990 Dracula movie. Wait,
0: really? Okay, maybe I'm right.
1: Yeah, I swear to God. <laughs> okay,
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! good.
1: Who does not do a great job of mimicking a British accent.
0: Oh, I can only imagine. Have you not seen it? That's the Francis Ford Coppola one with uh, yes, it is. Gary Gary Oldman Isn't Gary Oldman who plays Dracula? Or is he Dracula? No, that is oh boy.
1: No, he's he's Dracula in Oh fuck, I'm combining Vampire Dracula movies 2000?
0: Now. Is that? Isn't that a movie? No, too? not
1: 2000. That is a movie, but that's not his. that's that's neither of those movies. That... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> there's like there's like a nose for remake. That William Dafoe plays Nosferatu and then there's Dracula that's Francis Ford Coppola and I think it's another famous actor that uh plays Dracula and I'm gonna look it up if my backspace works there it goes (laughs) it is Gary it's Gary Oldman So I was thinking. Oh, I was thinking of William Dafoe. That's who I was thinking of.
0: For Nosferatu. Who
1: for Nosferatu? Yeah. yeah. And in Dracula 2000, I don't know what the hell that is, but I know it's not that. Dracula 2000. Let's see what the hell that is. It came out in 2000, so that's good marketing right there. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no uh, one. Gerard Butler's in it. And Christopher Plummer. What is he? Dracula. That'd be a good casting if he was. No fucking Gerard Butler is.
0: Oh wow, that's that's disappointing.
1: Christopher Plummer is Van Helsing.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> how would you make Van Helsing older than Dracula? I, I guess it doesn't matter, but <laughs> there's the immortality thing. He's an age. He's an aging. Van Helsing. Oh okay. He's like the cop at the end of his line. You're ready to retire. Yeah. I killed so many <laughs> vampires in my life.
1: <laughs> Two days away from retirement.
0: Turning in my stakes. Um.
1: His crossbow. <laughs> but like, I loved I... the the last third of this movie. That's where the movie really shines and. Like, everything else before is just, like, fun and great, but, like, it really comes into, like, a movie that has, like, a plot, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, everything that was talked about before is actually coming back into place, like, they're trying, they're, like, trying out different ways of killing the vampires, it's a ver- very gruesome, like, kind of strategic fight, in like, home invasion, warf- warfare, yeah. I don't know, it's awesome. That's all I have to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I guess when we talk about like how they kill these vampires, they do kind of follow the lore of what vampires... What we know of vampire lore, where one, one vampire dies in a, a bathtub full of holy water and garlic, which then sets off the entire plumbing in the house to just, like, explode and shake, <laughs> where every sink and toilet and pipe is just... Bursting
2: Adding Insult to injury
0: And then you get the classic Death by stereo Which Is a great line from this movie (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: That's probably one of my favorites
0: And then Oh And and then Kiefer in in that same That same scene gets You know kind of Flown into the the deer antlers, and we think he dies. But I thought that was an interesting room. The first time I saw that room, which is where the, the grandfather does his taxidermy, he he's a taxidermist. So there's a bunch of like antlers and you know animals in there, and it's got this like red light. My first thought when I saw that room was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But then Michael utters that line like right away as they see it. He's like talking about the <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> okay, okay, good. That was intentional. Good, good, good.
1: <laughs> do you have any fun trivia for us about this movie, Matt?
0: Yeah, one we didn't we didn't really touch on was the original director was Richard Donner was going to do this movie. It was a complete. The, the guy who did Superman. Did he do what? Superman. The Christopher like, the Reeve one. Old... He might have. Uh, it's yeah. the same guy who did Lethal Weapon. He, he chose yes. not to do this movie to do Lethal Weapon.
1: Honestly, that's probably for the better.
0: Well, here's a little <laughs> tidbit to that. Yeah, it is for the better, I think. The version Richard Donner was going to do, there's three people who are credited on this script, and I'm, I, I'm blanking on their names. Two of them were attached with the original script. And it was supposed to be like a Goonies type movie because Richard Donner did Goonies. And they brought on Corey Feldman because it's going to be like a Goonies where the two main characters, the brothers, were going to be younger, like eight-year-old Cub Scouts. And they came upon these vampires, which I get the vibe of like My Little Vampire that came out in the early 2000s with the kid and yes. Jerry Maguire. The yep. like kid falls and finds these vampires and they become friends. And it's like a little treasure hunt type thing. That was the original screenplay Screenplay with Richard Donner. And he leaves for Lethal Weapon. Schumacher gets pulled in and said he won't do that version. And he <laughs> brings in this third scriptwriter who's who's credited with the other two. And they make them teenagers. It's more of a horror movie. And they're older and, yeah, more sexualized and stuff like that. So this could have been a whole different movie if Richard Donner would have agreed to it.
1: I like how he yeah. leaves, like, this kids movie to do like I'm gonna do this crazy action movie This buddy cop film From this Up and coming star from the uh, From Australia who is yeah. controversial Now <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Well I feel yeah, like I mean, everything worked out in the end We got a yeah, Lost Boys We got a we Lethal, lethal Weapon we got,
0: Which are all great We got multiple
2: True we got a franchise. And
0: I think it's in Lethal Weapon 1, which is the one Donner did, to, he left to do, was they walk by a marquee, uh, Murtaugh and Jenkins. No, Murtaugh, and, what's the other guy? Do you guys know Lethal Weapon? It
1: is Jenkins, I'm pretty is sure. It Jen-
0: okay, Murtaugh and Jenkins? I hope so. Definitely Murtaugh. Uh, <laughs> they walk by a marquee, a movie theater, and it says uh, Lost Boys are playing, like the hit of the summer or something, which came out less than a year before Lethal Weapon did and he was supposed to do it so I don't know if he's throwing if it was just an actual marquee in the shot or he did that on purpose where he was like I almost did that movie it was great let's put it in He had to have known I bet it like, was intentional if I almost did a movie wow. in a shot I'm going to recognize the title
1: we are way off with Mel Gibson's character's name and
0: I'm ashamed <laughs> wait don't, don't tell me Murtaugh's right though right?
1: Of course, that's that is okay. absolutely correct. Murton. And... I don't know why we thought Jenkins. I don't know either. Merton. And... You sold me. I.
0: <laughs> I don't know who, What is it? I can't think. Riggs. Riggs. Murton. Riggs. I don't know how Jenkins came up. It just sounds like a cop name. It does. Jenkins. Jenkins. Give me your badge. It sounds good with any name. Really. <laughs> Uh, there's so much trivia. I mean, we go into a lot of trivia. This movie. We talked about the sequels already. Uh, ben Stiller almost was a vampire in this movie. That's a trivia <laughs> that I found. Yeah, that was a thing. Oh
1: man, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, the term uh, "vamp out," which is used in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, was first said by Corey Feldman in this movie. So becoming a catchphrase on that show is originated in this movie. Josh Whedon said that. Yeah. Uh, one, one. I thing... do. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say it's was like, when... it's kind of funny how like Buffy the Vampire Slayer really takes us into like a lot of influence from this movie. Because like when I do watch other like vampire movies, I really do compare it to The Lost Boys. Because like even though like the plot isn't entirely there. Um, it's just really entertaining and like has the right amount of like action and like I don't know just like very pleasing scenes and then when I don't like I don't know just some other like other vampire movies that are like not as actiony and it like kind of bums me out I don't know I feel like I like ruined myself by make by watching this first and like expecting every every vampire movie to be like this like I don't know it just threw me off.
0: Yeah, I think it does a, like, a good job because it came out in 87 around Fright Night. Uh, keeping to the conventions people knew of vampires, like a lot of those things, like they fly, they're bats, they suck blood at night, yada, 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 garlic. But also it's kind of the modern vampire we know. Like they made it that youthful, young teenager who looks like a normal person and then becomes the monster at night. And like Buffy took that one and... You know, it's just, I guess what we're more familiar with, it's not like Jerry Dandridge, if you will, in Fright Night, or the old Dracula where it's the older guy. And that's all it can be is like there's a Dracula and then maybe a sorcerer or something. There's just a group of vampires that hang out together. Mm. And oh, The last thing I'll say about the vampires, which I thought was a little different, is the idea of, Usually, the vampires have that female that they are like, uh, like Dracula has the three wives or whatever. These ones didn't really have that. Uh, it was David who made Michael a vampire by drinking his blood. So it was all really about brotherhood, which is in one of the lyrics in Cry Little Sister. Um, great song from the soundtrack. So it was all really about. Because I don't think any of them were really interested in Star. Even though she was there, it was never, it never became a dynamic of like david being like back off michael that's she's mine it was never really like that i kind of felt that at the beginning but they were never really interested in a relationship with star It was kind of
1: didn't have a they didn't have a label on it yeah
0: yeah (laughs) vampires are pretty chill like that they don't want to put labels on anything nobody's property you know they're
1: surprisingly very progressive yeah they are as o- as, for old how as old they as they are, they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that I defend this movie just because it's it's really entertaining, and just the fact for the last third of the movie really makes it worth it, yeah that's my take. <laughs>
2: I agree with you um, I think it's got kind of a campy feel to it which I love it makes me feel young again He um, for Sutherland again I have to say he stands out for the, in this for me probably the most and um, I, I love the whole cast though I love the story I love the reference you know to Peter Pan um, and it's a lot of fun I really enjoy this movie so I would also defend it wholeheartedly
0: yeah and I'll echo that I, I defend it as well. I really enjoy it. As much as we said maybe there's not that plot at the beginning, it never really lost my attention or I wasn't enjoying it. It just didn't really have a plot point after plot point. And then that third act really makes up for that. I thought it was stylistically really cool and what they did with the vampire lore was, you know, similar to what Fright Night did. It kind of kept the conventions but created these sort of very subtle changes in and of itself. Great soundtrack and uh, Great young actors, I thought, were in the movie. So it was entertaining. Uh, It looked cool. And you get some great, great quotes from this movie, usually uttered by either Sam or Edgar. But they were some great quotes. So I defend it. Definitely. I guess before we, we wrap it up, we've all defended it. The budget in Box Office? We didn't touch on that. I, ha- I have um, the numbers. Do you guys have a... W- Do you think it was a flop or a success? I feel like success? it
2: did fairly well. I think it was a success. I feel like it was it a was. success. It was. Yeah,
0: it was a budget of $8.5 million and Box Office was 32 Yeah, so... Okay. Quadruple its budget, so...
2: Yeah, I think uh, reviews were mostly positive with this one as well. Yeah,
0: they were, like, positive so. or, like, lukewarm. Like, e- Eberts is why I say that. I read Eberts, if you guys did. And he gave it two and a half out of four, which is, like, middle of the road. Just over middle of the road. He wasn't too blown away by it. He, he kind of knocked Schumacher a lot of, like, bringing his music video stuff into the movie and, like, negating plot, kind of like we talked about. Overall, no one was like this is stupid, dumb, makes no sense. Most people enjoyed it. Well, with that, I guess we will wrap it up on the podcast this week. We have discussed the 1985 vampire film, The Lost Boys. Until next time, we'll be we'll be around. We'll be on the internet. Let us know what you're thinking on Facebook, the Twitter. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want us to do a certain movie. Hit us up on the social media. We do, we do check it. Contrary to popular belief, we do check it, and we'll get back to you right away. But until next time, I'm Matt Johnson. Now we're in the shadows.
1: I'm Peter Hansen. I sleep all day, party all night. Never grow old. Never die. It's fun to be a vampire. I with that makes sense. I'm Lindsay Burke, and uh,
2: we got a vampire. Out.